I we went, are now. I went on the road with Ray DeVito, and I go on the road with him for three days. We go to Indy, Indiana, and then Springfield, Illinois. Okay. Right. So the whole the, the entire time. I am. I'm wearing these nice Lebrons, these two hundred dollar Lebrons, and I am making sure. No, I thought they were free. Oh well, they're. I looked up the retail value. The two hundred. <laughs> well, fucked up the story, but it's okay. The two hundred. Well, it's pretty no, impressive. They, they are. I mean, they're two hundred on like a sale day. Yeah. yeah. So I'm wearing these shoes all day in new towns, mm-hmm. every second. Besides, when I'm sleeping, so I'm making sure they're clean, right? So I end up going. So when we leave, I parked my car out at Ray Devito's house. Okay. So and he's in Strongsville, and when we park in his house, he was like, "Hey, uh, he parked his car in the grass," and I'm like, "Thank God, I was keeping these shoes clean the entire weekend," and I was like, "I'm proud of myself." Did stand up in two cities, got paid, had a fun time. They took care of my shoes, and I step outside in the grass. I'm like, "Okay, this grass is fine." And then the second I step out and I walk through, he goes, "Oh yeah, by the way, uh, my my uh, my roommate he hasn't cleaned up his dog shit, so check out." And I'm like, "You gotta be kidding me!" And I look at my shoes and I stepped in a big pile of wet dog shit, and I am hosing off my shoes, pissed off because I kept my shoes clean the entire trip. And all it takes is for me to go to Ray DeVito's fucking house <laughs> yeah. and step in warm dog shit. And I am furious. I, guess, I have a legit problem with that. Like, like there, I've discarded shoes for sh- for stepping in shit. Yeah. Like, I was like, nope. That's Dude, it. I'll wear mine until, look how beat these are. I do everything in them. I have, like, three pairs of shoes. <laughs> oh, like, really? Gandhi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I get judged I a lot. I had three pairs. I literally have maybe, I'm, I, I can count four pairs of shoes that I know of. Really, and I they can all pop- serve a purpose. I got a black pair of like like nice dress shoes for weddings. I've got a brown pair. I've got these, and I've got boots that I wear on stage. And that's it. I have a, I have a shit ton of shoes. I be, I have easily sixty pairs of shoes. I don't even have clothes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's crazy? <laughs> you are like more like Gandhi. Pack, if you had to pack my entire life up, it would take you about ninety minutes. That's it. I'm always ready for civil war to break out or for like, you know, you're like De Niro and if I'm called to fight, <laughs> if I'm called to fight for ISIS or whatever, I'm ready. I'll just hop on the next flight. You'll get your, you get your, if you finally get little. the, if you finally get called up to the majors for mm-hmm. ISIS, <laughs> you got your stick in your little bag prepared to put on your shoulder. They're like, all right, we're swapping out the I in ISIS from Iraq to India. You're ISIS. Yeah, I do. I and I have a lot of clothes too, but it, which is even dumber now because I work from I barely leave the house now, so I basically wear the same five articles of clothing because I don't have to I don't have to dress up dress shoes. Right. I wear dress shoes like twice a year, maybe. Right. There's no point wearing. Them. I, well, I just I, I never have an, a, a time to wear dress shoes. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll wear a, dress shoes in November that... because I'm going to a wedding yeah. in November. That's it. Yeah, and those are the only in-person things I yeah. want to do. I don't, like, all these, there's a lot of people that are like, man, I really miss the camaraderie of working in an office. With all, it's like, Ugh. you know, if you actually had camaraderie, you would have hung out with those people during COVID. Like, <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't have cared. Yeah. You would have gone and made, that would have been your quarantine. Yeah, I, that, that, that's the thing that I like the the most about working from home, is I don't have to fake going to, ha- like, when your boss would be like, hey, we're all going to happy hour, we're all going to corner alley. I'm like, that sounds like a fucking nightmare. I don't, but I, I don't mind that (laughs) what for me what it it is for me is like it's the waking up it's the driving 30 minutes it's like dressing a certain way just because everybody else is doing that you know i can't dress like like a comic and walk into a workplace yeah because then it's yeah yeah i think i think i think now like if you ever did have to go back into the office even if they did and honestly 
most places are just making that an option if you want it. Because some people do dig it. They do. They, mm-hmm. they like the option of like three days from home and two days in the office. They, they do. They just like it. They like getting out of the house sure. and seeing other people, which is fine. Like I'll go work at a cafe. That's that's cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I don't want to be forced to work at a cafe. Yeah. You know where you should work. Where? Fuck, man. Downtown. Man, when I went to that, uh, I was telling everybody about this. Like two weeks ago, I had like a really... Well, I know it was last week. I had a really good week where I just kept landing on tickets. Mm-hmm. Like, I got to go see Leon Bridges, and we ended up sitting in the Sky Suites just because we knew somebody nice. there. It was awesome. And then on Tuesday, we went down to the House of Blues to see somebody who I didn't actually know, but it was VIP tickets, and <laughs> I'd see pretty much anything in VIP. Yeah, yeah. It, it was like a singer from, like, the, the X Factor is what it was. I, I had no love, idea who it was. I love that you're getting these VIP tickets. I don't even know who this fucking guy is, and there's so many people waiting in line for tickets. Like, I can't wait to get the worst seat in the house <laughs> to oh. see my idol. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, I mean pe- is, people, were yeah. si- people were singing their hearts out to this guy. I've never seen or heard of this guy prior to last was David Tuesday. Archuleta or something? No, his name is James idol? Arthur. He was, like, the UK X Factor from like nine years ago. Oh wow! And people are in the crowd losing their fucking minds, like crying, are crying. They, like this, this British one guy. Yeah, there was this guy Brits. in a flannel shirt that was sitting about fifteen feet from us in the commoner section. So I didn't really care. <laughs> but like <laughs> scrub. But I mean, this guy, his he recorded the entire thing on his phone. I've never really got, understood that, and he sang with his heart every single word that came out of this dude's mouth, and I'm just like. I've never heard of you. I'll take some more free doers, please. <laughs> that was my... But I did have fun. That's cool. But that's I, uh, just what it was. I camped out when I was in college. We paid a guy to drive us because me and my buddy didn't have a car or a license. And the bus was already gone for the day. But we found out Coldplay was playing Rockefeller Center mm. the next day. Uh, so we drove out and it was free. It was the Today Show is what it was. And we slept on a fucking New York City sidewalk. Before we left, we're like, it's going to be cold out there. How do we warm up? Should we buy sleeping bags? And then I was like, Haha, no, we'll just buy a bottle of vodka. And he laughed. <laughs> and that's what we did. Oh, we, I thought it was going to be like your first dude, gay experience. We, yeah. about, <laughs> we about froze to death on a sidewalk waiting to get to see him. When was this? This was like when I was 19 or well, like 20. what month? It was, I think, December. <laughs> what December. day? Dude, I it was in December. You, you know when they say like that's insane. Homeless people sleep in cardboard boxes because the insulation value is good. They're not lying. Like, as we found cardboard boxes outside of <laughs> FedEx, and so for a night, I was I was basically homeless. I was fine with it to go watch Coldplay, and we finally. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, honestly, I, I've yeah, done things like this. Homeless yeah. for Coldplay sounds Dude, like a wonderful uh, event. Homeless yeah. for Coldplay is probably the name of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> so no, we, I've, I've they done, finally yeah. let us in, and they let us to the front of the thing. I'm like, oh, wow. And then I noticed there's like another 30 feet. So I'm like, oh, this is clearly security. And then like 20, 10 minutes before Coldplay is on, they just like usher all these VIPs and their kids and like people are wearing suits. And I'm like, my God, this is... The worst, and then behind me, there's a girl that kept going like, "Woo, Chris Martin, yeah, let me suck that dick." <laughs> like, what? what is wrong with you? Coldplay. Yeah. <laughs> she was just hitting on him the whole time. <laughs> Didn't know a word. I was like, "Who let you in here?" Yeah, who, it's who, freezing cold, but somehow you you stink. You smell who, like body odor. Who let the dogs out? <laughs> it was awful, man. So well, yeah, I, the you see Coldplay thing, a lot. Yeah. I, you went to go see it last uh, last year. That's you how you town. know that I'm like stressed out right now because I've already sold. I had a pair of tickets for Dallas. I sold them because I just I'm too busy. And then I was supposed to see him in DC, and I didn't buy the tickets, and I canceled that trip. So yeah. I'm like, fuck, like I gotta catch him before the boys head home. <laughs> I might like, go to the UK and watch him there. That'd be fucking cool. Yeah. You you invited me like two years ago to see. Yeah, Coldplay. it was great. 
Yeah, and I was. I think I was busy. I was working. I was working that that, that dead end job. Oh, you got to get out of that shit. Yeah. Oh, I did. But he invited me, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm in." And I was like, "Hey guys, can I get off? My buddy Raj got tickets to Cold." Dude, like, no, come here and look out for these people. <laughs> yeah, 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 man. We're gonna pay you shit, but you need to work because we're understaffed. So get in here. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'll fucking work. I miss so many events. I miss Coldplay. I miss VIP at uh, Monday Night Raw. I miss so much shit because I've a I, I I have a pretty steadfast rule that when something like that comes up, everything else just kind of goes out the door. Yeah, it's very rare that like something will come up that I really want to do that I won't. If it's really really good and I really want to do it, and it's just like when am I ever going to do this again? For the most part, everyone else can just fuck off. Yeah, and I'll just I'll figure it out. Like I just. I don't care about that. Yeah. But every once in a while, sometimes I'm like, yeah, I can't do it. Like, I, but when I got to see Foo Fighters at the uh, the Q or the Gun or whatever the hell it was called at the time, I mean, they played for like two and a half, three hours. Yeah. And I had They're great. I yeah. had shit to do, like work stuff, family stuff. And I I put my client and my mom on the same text. I'm like, I ain't coming. <laughs> <laughs> the random group chat. And like, hey, don't ask questions. Don't exchange numbers. But the thing that I told both of you I was going to do tonight, I'm not doing. Yeah. <laughs> also, tomorrow's going to be kind of fucked, too. Yeah. <laughs> What I hate about okay, so it's obviously a tra- you know sad situation with Taylor Hawkins passing. Yeah. But you'll see people in the YouTube comments that, and they always do this, and it's usually like like I think like younger people or people that just are, aren't very like exposed to music. So they'll write R.I.P. But they'll go long ways, and then they'll spell like Taylor, but it'll be like talented, awesome, oh. young. <laughs> and then the like Chester Bennington has two E's in his name, so like. Every time you go on a video right now, I bet you you'll see it. Like charming, handsome, extreme, uh, <laughs> smart, talented, extremely talented. <laughs> I can't Royal. come up with another. E. They, can't, they can't come up with the right words. Because someone doesn't has a pre- they don't have a prepared what words they're gonna use. No. It's like I just want to do this. And then there's lunatics that are like, I'm gonna name my son after you, and it's just like, okay, man. Like I get that this guy made music that changed your life, but. If you're sitting here, like, you're first of all, you're 16. <laughs> you yeah. Yeah. your son after him. He's like, I'm going to get a woman pregnant that I kind of love, and I'm going to name my that kid after I'm going to get a woman pregnant, then realize I love her. Yeah. That's going to be the Also, order. it's kind of morbid. Hey, I'm going to name my innocent child full of life after a man who ended his own. Yeah. <laughs> how, many, how many kids were like, I'm going to like, just, I, I want joy in my life. I'm going to name my kid after my favorite artist, Kurt Cobain. <laughs> Oh, like how many children were named Kurt just because like he was my favorite artist and I want my kid to be happy? It's like well <laughs> you yeah. need to research yeah, your friend Kurt. Dig a little, go a little past skin deep there. I guess that's better though than the people that named all their fucking kids Bella when Twilight was a big thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Twilight. Can you imagine having to tell your explain that to your kid? Like am I named after Aunt Bella, the one that came over yeah. you know during the Holocaust? Like nah. <laughs> Bella from fucking Twilight. No, you're Twilight. named after Kristen Stewart, yeah. the worst actress in America. Yeah. You know that girl who also that, hated that role. Yeah. You know well, that actually, girl that everybody hates. Yeah. Her. Yeah, no, that's Amber Heard now. That's, yeah. the, that's the, currently the worst actress in American history. Yeah. That trial, I've been obsessing over it. I've been watching it. It's insane. They're both insane people. Oh, like they both like the, Johnny yeah. Depp said she threw a vodka bottle and severed the end of his finger. And then he went on to write with his own blood on the walls. <laughs> I was like, Yo, that, I don't know who the crazy one is because the bottle throwing seems bad. But then you doing like, you know, summoning a, a demon. Yeah. Is I, can't put, I can't put a lot of that together. Like, what? Throwing a bottle and then my the tip of my finger was severed? It's yeah, like, he said the odds of that was, is very. 
I don't know, whatever. I guess It'd be it funny if he wrote Helter Skelter with, the, on his, with his blood. <laughs> yeah. Right on the wall. That'd be or if he wrote funny. Black Pearl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, <laughs> that actually, I'd be like, you know what? We want you back uh, for Pirate yeah. 7. Yeah. <laughs> Return of the Pearl. Well, that whole thing has just been like for him, because one suing one for 50 million, the other suing the other for 100 million. I don't think either one of them fuckers have actually money no, they, anymore. He has it. Do you he think has he does? It, 100%. He's got more money. He gave her 7 million. He's got 15 penthouses. He's been an active star for he's 58 now since his 20s and like a big star but they were like saying like star. but but when you and the only reason is because like they were that they it's like when tyson went broke everyone's yeah. like how the fuck did you go broke you made hundreds of millions of dollars and then somebody it leaked out what his monthly like his charges were is. and it was shit like seventy thousand a month for wine, and that's wine. Now amortize that over twelve <laughs> months. That guy is spending nine hundred thousand dollars a on year wine. on wine. We haven't yeah. even gotten to rent. <laughs> I mean, it's just, that's just his wine budget. That's what I've learned about Johnny Depp in this trial is. Uh, he knows how to hire the right people. Because if you look at the defense, the lawyers on each side. His PR team's wonderful. Yeah, like his his team is like a bunch of killers. And her team, Where it's like she, she found her aunt. Are relatives? <laughs> she's like, hey, like, yeah, this long lost aunt. Come up here yeah. and defend me. Her lawyer objected to his own question. <laughs> Objection yeah. hearsay. She, yeah. The and judge like, is like, you, you asked, asked the, the question. question. <laughs> I also realized what hearsay was finally because that's all I've heard for the last yeah. month. You never read Shakespeare? <laughs> No, the my dad was an attorney, and I yeah. never knew that. I didn't know this much about it. My dad was a lawyer. Like there's, there's now, another I just... month still to go. But uh, yeah, it's a mess. Johnny's won, in my opinion. Yeah, because he, so. he won in the court of public opinion, right? The number of people that are like, okay, how many people turned? Because Amber Heard, everyone was supporting her years ago. They're already yeah. saying that she's basically been almost completely cut out of Aquaman too. She has no contract with DC anymore. Yeah, for, she's done. She's not a, she's not a great actress. No. Well, no. she proved that during this she, trial. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it when she's like crying like with her sad face and then she like looks at her lawyer and she's like talking. She's like, "Yeah, yeah." And then she'll like turn her face and she'll like you'll see the frown immediately. I don't I'm I don't like know, that's terrible. I don't know. I don't know who her team is that pulled her aside and said, "No matter what, when someone asks you a question before you answer it, turn and turn face to the, the jury." jury. Yeah. It looks so She's weird. been talking to the jury the second half They're like, like yeah, like, just telling them, hey, believe me. They're like, when did that happen? She's like, she shifts. It's like, October 13th. <laughs> I'm like, stop looking. That, it's it weird. looks terrible. You're putting pressure on the jury to... Even the jury's like, look at the fucking person asking oh, you a question. Oh, people are giving her, like, dirty looks and shit. Like, people are, like, uh, getting so uncomfortable with her staring at them. that In they're the like, turn Yeah, the, they're, report like, they're, like, turning their legs and, like, kind of just, like, looking really away because they don't want to look at her. Yeah, she's making she's, eye contact cause, with Yeah, because she's what she's saying is, I will remember your face. Yeah. <laughs> and I will throw something at you. <laughs> Dude, my bottle of vodka. Like, she thinks she's connecting <laughs> with the jury, vodka. and the jury's like, stop fucking looking at me, lady. You're fucking weird. Hey, I want to hang out with the. I want to in the apocalypse. I want to meet up with Amber Heard. I bet she just has like loaded bottles of vodka. What I'm just <laughs> she surprised. Chucks them at it's, people. It's just like, so they're both in a court admitting to have done, like doing multiple drugs all the time, in front of a judge and police. It's the same as when like Jay Z was rapping about selling crack. Like how, how is it possible that you can't arrest him for that? Because you don't know how much. Because you. 
Well, in Jay-Z's case, because the easiest defense is just like it's creative expression okay, of telling no, but a story. what about Amber Heard and Johnny Depp? <clears throat> Still, it's after the fact. I mean, they, they can't. Like, it's years you, later. You can't yeah, sue anybody they, with they, no. They can't. Unless There's it's a like statute? a murder. If it's a murder and they, they're just like, we just, we can't. Like yeah. the coke's not in their system. They can come back and be like, well, it was for this. It's just not even worth the and, time and, and for drugs, I think charges depend on how much you have of it. So like if you admit to like, yeah, I did this much, they can't even, they, they could be like, oh, there's like they could still be it's still a story right so yeah, yeah. i don't know, you know what could the, be. the person that i think got the worst deal out of the entire amber heard johnny depp thing is paul Bettany. paul Bettany. Mm-hmm. exactly this and man paul is, being outed, is just sitting at home center. and the vision's actually, just hanging out he's just sitting there with his wife and all of a sudden they're like you done cocaine with paul Bettany?" and johnny's like yes <laughs> you've done you've had you've drank excessively with paul Bettany. he's like oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> paul Bettany's like how Fuck am I in this, yeah. man? The text messages where he's like, "That bitch gonna pay," and, yeah. uh, and Paul's like, "Look at his wife." He's like, "I don't know what. I don't that's, know if he's British." That's he's married to he's Jennifer British. Connelly. Do you know that? Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, ask the ass girl. Who's the ass? Oh, from uh, Requiem. Yeah, Requiem for oh, a Dream. Yeah. I've like, only ever heard. See, of I remember her from inventing the Abbots. That's the first time I saw her topless, and I was like, I'd like to see more of her films. I, I saw her <laughs> in Higher Learning. She was making out with uh, Kirsty Swanson. Yeah. I was like, okay. Did you see Blood Diamond? I'd never saw. Oh, so you didn't Leo. watch the one good intellectual movie she was in? No, wait. You just saw the like soft core porn instead. <laughs> no, Higher Learning is a very good movie. Ice Cube's in it. Okay, okay. all right. <laughs> That's the most. Yeah, Michael Rapaport. You, you yeah, you skipped all that. Went right to the lesbian scene. Yeah, I just. Well, it's <laughs> yeah. about like uh, like Higher Learning. Oh, yeah, yes. you know that movie about racial tension. You see the in lesbian college? scene? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's fucking hot. All that racial tension. Whatever. I hope well, we worked that out. I saw the movie when I was like lesbians. twelve. I saw it when I was like twelve, and I was like, I know her. Yeah, I know that sexy brown-haired girl with the caterpillar eyebrows. She's pretty cute. Yeah, she's a smoke show. Yeah, but yeah. That's 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 who I felt. I saw that line of questioning. I was like, "Fuck, leave Paul Bettany out of this, man." What's keep this James Franco with it. it. Keep Paul out of it. Yeah, I think. Well, I think his, and I think the thing that Johnny Depp was trying to do has been successful. As he was just trying to, I don't think he cares about obviously winning a lawsuit. I think he just wants everyone to know. What's the public? She's to a see liar, yeah. so I can start making movies again. Because I think yeah, he yeah. was also getting kind of blacklisted. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, "You can just hang out with your black pearl money. We actually don't need you anymore." Yeah, no, I, that's exactly it. I think having it in Virginia, where like the laws allow you to have, because it's a civil trial. Yeah, it's not a criminal trial, so you can have a, a camera in the courtroom. Yep. Dude, I'm glued to this shit. I love it. Every day. So, do you go on the live feed? Not really. I, just I check the out clips, all the clips. But the clips are everywhere. Because there's this... a lot of just like, we'd like to submit article 4,500. I saw the live feed about the makeup. I was watching it live yeah. where uh, she was, uh, they were asking this guy for like 40 minutes. This guy who was, Johnny Depp was letting him live in his house, like yeah. an old friend. And, oh, yeah, yeah. and he's cool. talking to him and he's getting interviewed about makeup and he's they're like what type of makeup do you know this makeup and he's like no he's, they're like why not he goes i don't wear make i don't I'm know the, i'm the security and this why is like 35 that? minutes of them asking this guy about makeup yeah and i was like this is i see what's happening now and I, this is this is my it was my first thing like watching it and, and then they went into amber heard um describing the makeup and I was like, "Is this whole trial about fucking makeup?" And I turned it off. I think they just keep focusing well, then the, on it because well, it's, that it's makeup just company of, came out and said yeah. that we didn't launch this product for yeah. three years after the thing that she's yeah. saying this, is, she's is, saying is she literally uses. impossible. It's a lie. She got they, caught lying. They just keep. I think a lot of those they just keep letting the the defense. Uh, the I guess I'm not even. Yeah, she would be the, the 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 defense team. Yeah. Just I think they just let them keep going with a lot of things because they're like. 
as soon as we do cross, we're just going to kind of tear that apart because it just it just keeps showing that she's a liar and it lays into the because they tried to they opened multiple I think times to try to just have the case thrown out and the judge is like no. there is plenty of evidence here that you <laughs> defamed and lied and this was weeks ago and yeah. there, it just I, that's I think his only goal I just think he wants the I think he wants yeah. the public opinion back which he clearly the money got. doesn't matter he's just and, and everyone loves him again. Like he's like laughing in the courtroom. Everyone's like, "That's Dude, Johnny just, being Johnny." I I hate how arrogant lawyers sound during a cross examination, because they the way they speak to you is like you're a piece of dog shit. They're just like, "So you did hit him in the face, didn't you? <laughs> you you don't like him at all, isn't that right?" And it's just like it's so presumptive. Yeah, yeah. But I understand. Like they they try to bully you on the stand. Yeah, and that's why like Johnny the security team—they're like the worst guys to do that to. It's like they've seen some shit. You yeah, you're not gonna bully this guy with your, you know, your grandma who has dementia is being a lawyer today. <laughs> she just comes up there like, so could you tell me about the make? Oh yeah, by the way, my husband's name was Frank. He used to be a tall guy, and uh, you know we've been walking around the park for a little bit. Anyway, can you tell me about the makeup? Like, you're not going to yeah. win. Hey, well, I have a question, Raj. So, uh, so we Johnny said your name in 20 yeah, minutes. Yeah, this is Raj Suresh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. So, Raj, so since... Uh, that might be more on us. Since Johnny yeah. Depp started in TV <laughs> with your pilot that you're coming out with, are you going to cameo? Are you going to try to get Johnny Depp a, a little... Give Johnny Depp a cameo a in the cameo. pilot? Yeah. This is No, this this is exclusively Indian cast. No whites <laughs> yeah. allowed. Hey, well, he, uh, he played well, a Native American no. in the commercial. Yeah, he, oh, he, yeah. Already, he already came out and said that he actually thinks that he has. That's how he became a... Uh, what was it? Tonto for Lone Ranger. <laughs> yeah. He came out. I was like, I'm pretty sure I got some Indian in me. Yeah, and he's got Native like, American. Oh, I thought you were gonna. <laughs> I thought no. you were gonna say that's how he got. That's why he thought he was an alcoholic. <laughs> I'm just fucking. No, yeah, that, that's that, a good joke. When though. he was passing out his puke, it was peyote. Yeah. <laughs> that's what was happening. Yeah, the. Uh, yeah, I forgot about that. Another, another, another swing and a not a miss at all. No. <laughs> yeah, that's a. Uh, um, you have a lot. Uh, shit come out. It's probably been about a year since I've seen you. Yeah. And you came on about a year ago. I'm somehow balder than I was then because of the stress. <laughs> you, you know what the thing is, Which though? Is you rock thing. the bald good, and you yeah. always keep it clean, though, too. Mm-hmm. Mine's you gotta clean. gotta keep it clean. Never. Yours is never clean. It is clean sometimes. Yeah. It depends, because it's a... I don't know. Okay. It's just... Yeah, this is... Uh, <laughs> it's like... I don't know why I scheduled my life in this way, but basically everything that I'm trying to do is all coming together in the same week. <laughs> like I'm shooting an hour of stand-up. Uh, I've got to put 150 bodies in that room, and I think right now, with two weeks to go, I've got like 15 people signed up. So I've got to like get the ball rolling on that. And then we have the actual pilot, and there's still some roles within it that we need to like figure out dialogue and casting. And only just locked in a director last week. So everything is... Uh, yeah, it's just all hitting at the same time, and and trying to open up a, a bar. Yeah, well, let's unpack each one at a time, man. Let's start, right. let's start with the because uh, some of these I think we can help you with. Yeah. Well, first let's start with the 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 show. I can't. Let's start okay. with the hour show. Sure. So this is your first your first hour long. It's going to be Westfield. It's my first filmed hour. Filmed um, hour. Okay, sorry, filmed hour. So there will be some material that I've worked on before in it. But it's my first filmed hour. It'll be at the Westfield Theater, which is uh, um, slash Idea Center, which sure. is right underneath the chandelier at Playhouse Square. So if you know where that chandelier is, Starbucks is on one corner, and then yeah. um, Subway's on the other corner, and this is like the third, where CSU is. Yeah. So it's in there, and uh, the booze before show is free and on the house. Uh, the tickets are on the house, 
and the booze and post-show party are also on the house. <laughs> so it, I feel like I have enough weapons to tell the public, like, hey, I'm giving booze away and a comedy show with me, Brian, Mayor Santora, and Bill Squire to you guys. I haven't even yeah. told anyone about the free booze, but... Uh, the- <laughs> Well, I mean, I so I have. Uh, we're, we're gonna try to like, you know, get people not, o- not overserve, because that there's like a diminishing returns point. Okay. Like uh, you know, it's different for everybody. Most doing, people with, like with the people I'm targeting, drinks. that's not gonna help. Yeah. <laughs> like if you're gonna like limit there, some of them are like, I got a babysitter and I'm going out. Yeah. Can I get a glass <laughs> of whiskey, please? Yeah. yeah. What is your uh, largest uh, uh, container? <laughs> Whiskey. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so you said you have fifteen already. I, have, I already have six. I plan. I'm trying to get twenty. That's yeah, my number. So we're at twenty-one so yeah. far. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> no, but I'm trying to get twenty because I, I mean, people were. I mean, you got a lot of good people on the show because it's going to be you. It's yeah. going to be Brian's going to be the host, hosting, yeah. and then uh, Mary Bill Squire and Mary doing like you know shorter sets. Yeah, but then you do your. Much. I mean, I yeah, I, that's a good. Kind of like what you were just alluded yeah. to. I mean, who was going to say no to that? A free show, free booze, some really, really good comics. And a beautiful view. And it's at, it's at Transition Studios in that side room, right? No, no, no. This isn't an actual studio downstairs. This is the, the oh. theater, the Westfield, yeah, oh, okay, Westfield okay. Theater. Okay. For like some reason, I just thought it was in that, because they had that whole one space when yeah. we did the table How would it, Dude, that fit like 20 people. No, no, not that room. The room <laughs> well, on the side the you're by sold the bathroom. Congrats. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that yeah, side? Yeah. I thought no, it no, was... Dude, that's an office hallway. I mean, hey, you can just do in the old hey, warehouse. I've seen I've seen concerts at Denny's. <laughs> anything's on, anything's possible. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's a it's that's be cool. I, I was I was you made the announcement that you had something coming up, and that's why I was kind of like making yeah. sure I was kind of stalking your Facebook right, page. Right, right. And I saw, man, I this is really awesome, really really exciting. And yeah, uh, I told my wife, she's like, yeah, I mean that sounds like so much fun. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, good good lineup. Really, be- and like that's exciting. I mean, an hour, like a taped hour. So the the thing for me is, it's like trying to catch lightning in a bottle. So you really need the audience on your side, and you have to put up a good set. So like the first thing I told the studio is like these are the openers, and they're like you understand that they're the two like probably the two of the biggest headliners in the city. Yeah. And I was like, right, and that's exactly why. Like this is not about making it um, easy on myself. It's about putting on as good of a show for that crowd as possible. Because in my head, if I do a good hour and something comes of it and the tape looks good and they manage to sell it to a streaming service or something, then the next move they're going to make is say, well, who else you got? You know, And it'll be the Bills and Marys and whoever else we have in the city slotting right into that. The, the series is another, it's through the same studio. So they've got like multiple projects that, I'm responsible for on some level at the same, you know, back to back. So that special will end, and then 12 hours later, I've got to be on set. You're working with the studio, mm-hmm. and you're, you're 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 doing what a lot of people try to do is you are putting your talents in with people that also have different talents from you, and you right. guys are both. It's not, and it's, it's a good thing because you're like, hey, we can all do this together. We could do separate things together. And it's good. I mean, it's going to be a good show. It's a stressful ragtag affair. So I almost thought like Labor Day weekend, I had half a mind to just book a one-day trip out to Chicago and watch Coldplay and just take my mind off everything. <laughs> you should. And then come back, you know. Yeah, I might, honestly. 
Yeah, go see Coldplay. Like, we were just, it, I think it was meant to be when we, we were just talking about Coldplay for about yeah. 10 minutes. Go yeah. see Coldplay in Chi Town, baby. <laughs> yeah, you're down. <laughs> I'm in, I might be in Let's shit. take the funny bus all the way there. Yeah. <laughs> five hour trip. Get that dude to drive you guys. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. And you can commentate the whole five yeah. hour drive. Hey, so look at this fucking Chicago highway. was just so damn expensive to get into Chicago. The flight is cheap, but then the Uber is as expensive as the flight. It's a seventy dollar Uber from the uh, airport. I've never, I've to never flown. I always drive to, to Chicago. Time. Well, even then, yeah. it's like twenty five bucks in tolls, then fifty to park every night. There is some really. Yeah. There's a, yeah, like for some reason, as you're entering the city of Chicago, the last two miles you somehow pass five tolls going yeah. the same and in the same straight it. line. It, it's it's yeah. And it's not a, it's not even an old city, so it doesn't have that excuse. I found I took a little uh, boat tour, one of those boat tours that they do there, and they're like Chicago's only yeah. two hundred years old. Yeah, I'm like, God damn! Like, how did you guys fuck this up this bad? <laughs> <laughs> ah, you know, you give anyone, give any American. Plenty they said of time. they were we drinking water yeah. from the river. And it's the same river that factories were dumping waste and sewage into, and people were dying by the thousands. <laughs> and that they dye green every single year just yeah. for fun. <laughs> then they finally for figured out their lock system is very cool. Like they yeah. f- they figured out how to get the flow of water instead of going out into Lake Michigan to come inwards to circle back. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was cool. I, so, I still want to go over the fucking. The hundred, I think we could easily. No, I, I, I do. I, I want to circle back to this because I do think I, I think 153 weeks. I, th- I again, I, two. my goal, my two, oh shit, two weeks, yeah, yeah. but no. you, oh, you know, never mind, can't be done. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. My goal is 25. I, I still haven't even hit everybody up yet. You know, I'm going one at a time, getting the commitments. And but. my thing is, I asked Bill, I was like, hey, will you mention it on the show? And he's like, yeah, you know, I'll try my best. And if he even does that, that'll help a lot. I mean. Yeah, that'll go a long way. I mean, it's a cool area. I mean, you're right by. I, I mean, yeah. it's right. Parking in, is the only hassle. That's the only thing you're paying for. Yeah. But if I'm paying fifteen dollars to fucking get free drinks and laugh, right? And if I just work like a nine to five or some shit, yeah, yeah, that's fucking. I think, I, I seeing, think yeah, I think most people are. I like just me. I downtown. Uber down. I, I don't care. Yeah, people don't even care. Honestly, but a lot of people don't even care for parking anymore. Like I think, I think a lot of people have accepted that parking downtown sucks. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna go down there, you because you want to go down in. there. They factor it into their night. They know that like you know that it, that's gonna be. And then you have to weigh: is it gonna be more to just park, or is it gonna be more to just Uber? I mean, it's just these. It's just part of the night out, which I don't think anyone really cares. I don't care about no. it. I know it's, it's just part of the day. A lot of I people had... I don't notice they they don't get like people to give them rides downtown. I, I've never Ubered downtown in like the last four years. I'll okay. call my parents. I'm like, hey, can you pick me up? Like, go to Indians game. So I was living in Old Brooklyn, like ten minutes away from downtown. I'll take. The, so I would just uh, ask my parents, "Hey, you guys want to drop me off at the game and pick me up?" My parents love it because yeah. they're so fucking cheap. I got a, a a Polak dad and a Puerto Rican mom. They are the cheapest fucking couple. They they're so cheap, like they don't charge you that much to pick you up. <laughs> yeah, no, no, they like happy. They're like, "Oh my god, you're saving money. Let's do it." Are you, yeah, are you crashing you with them? Uh, yeah, but well, I've been saying with my girlfriend and them, but okay. I'm just I'm trying to save up my money, so I'm just, I think That's it's smart. A lot of people were like uh, shitting on me, like, "Oh, you moved back in with your parents? That fucking sucks." No, I was like, dude, I have no a great way. relationship with my parents. When I bought like, my you fucking asshole, when I bought my first, you have to do it. When I bought my first house, when I was living in Akron, I moved back home, and for a year, I was just like not really going out. You just gotta, it's just shit you gotta do. Unfortunately, it sucks. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind it. My parents are cool. My yeah. mom lets me drive the van. Uh, at like midnight when she goes to bed, she goes, You could drive the car around. I'm like, Yes, thanks, Mom. <laughs> I didn't know about the perks. Never mind. Yeah, there's so many perks. There's always Pop Tarts. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking awesome. 
dude, are you, you sound like you're in elementary school. Yeah. My mom was have Pop-Tarts, and sometimes she'd like, like sit on your dad's car. lap and yeah. drive around the block. I'm at an age now to where they don't get mad if I stay up late. I'm like, it's 4 a.m. I'm just partying. <laughs> I mean, as many Clementines as I fucking want. Clementines. <laughs> How yeah. did uh how did the uh, how did this come about? Like how did this whole the the the, the theater show kind of come so about? So I wrote um, in a in a fit of depression <laughs> about three and a half <laughs> years ago. I was on a flight and this idea for um, w- the series, which is called Stuck, just kind of popped into my head. And in a ninety minute flight, I had like the first half I think of the script written. And then on the next flight, I finished it. Like, I had basically 30 pages done within about three to four hours. I just typed the whole time. Um, And so one of my buddies, Dave, is he was like, oh, my friend Lito does film, so why don't you come by? It's my birthday. And I carried a copy of the script, and Lito read it. And it was in Microsoft Word at the time. And, like, a week later, he calls me. He's like, dude, this is really good. Like, I'd like to see something happen. We get all the way to casting. Uh, we actually do the casting calls and all of that, and then COVID happened. So it shut us down. And then Lito got hired on at the studio, but I don't know if like the studio is going to back it or he's going to back it. I'm not sure exactly how that's working. But um, he got hired on, and yeah, now they're they're producing it. And uh, yeah, we go to set. We got like a full-out crew and um, pretty a really good cast, I think. So... The table, I, I was at the table read. It was a lot of fun. Dan O'Shannon popped into that thing, which was yeah. really nice. He used to write for like Cheers and uh, Modern Family. Nice. And Seinfeld, yeah. I and think he was Seinfeld. a producer on Modern Family. Yeah, so yeah, he's producer on Modern Family. So, yeah, he was, it was really cool seeing, because AJ DeCosmo was helping. He's, like, he's directing. Oh, AJ's directing. Oh, yeah, he called yeah. me. He told me he was directing the first yeah. episode. So you guys, but you guys were doing the script, and then we, like, there was like a break, and then Dan's coming back, and I saw Dan walk with Raj and AJ. Mm-hmm. I was like, these motherfuckers are having a full on conversation with the script that is so cool like that he's just cool. giving out his expertise about it like it's it's just like just being there like getting free pizza and shit and it's fucking just hanging a, out with my friends it's just a steep learning curve is really what it is yeah um, well it's on the job training in a way I mean well, you're, I you're learning yeah, I didn't as go you to go school for film I didn't yeah. do I'd never done screenwriting the shit was in Microsoft Word so I had to teach myself how to write on Celtex or Final Draft and then even then you make a million mistakes when you're script writing because it's just like there is a language to it and if it, you're not in that sort of industry accepted format, most places won't look at it twice. Yeah. So yeah, I think we're getting very that, lucky. That's, like, a, I'm, that's a really good point. I think a lot of people don't know about that. Like even submitting it. Yeah. It's a. It's something that they're like, what? No, we don't even look at those. No, like, people they, throw they, it they literally will not. It, it's a. I mean, not really the best way to do that, but I mean, it's it. You have to learn just the ins and outs. Forget forget the content. Yeah, we're not. Even, you're not even talking about the content or the acting or the talent or the actors or the team or the right. crew. You're talking about the format to even get your foot in the door for all that to be reviewed. And some some places will disregard that just because of that. Yeah, and and probably the best advice I got is, if you were reading this one page at a time, would you turn the page? And see what's on the next one. Because hmm. that's basically what we're fighting, right? We're fighting the shortest attention time spans that m- media consumers have ever had. True. There's so much to compete with. So even if you're watching a series you really like, how many times are you still checking your phone? Like, people don't dial in and watch one thing for 90 minutes very often anymore. Marvel yeah. Universe, maybe. The, yeah. So. yeah. But it's so, it's, such, it's so different because the stand-up special is not it's not a collaborative effort there's some teamwork and we're trying to put on a good show but for the most part stand-up's a solo sport 
and especially when you're going to shoot something, it needs to be incredibly accurate to your vision, right? Like everything from how your crowd is placed, what your staging looks like, what your set looks like, how many drinks you serve beforehand, how many drinks you serve after, where it takes place, lighting, all of that. Like I, I need to know that. But with filmmaking, it's so collaborative because we have three cameras shooting the same shot, each from a different angle. And there's no way you can like control all of that. You just have to trust that those operators are doing the, the best that they can. And everyone's got to be satisfied. To, that, you know, like Yeah, and that's where a good director is and a good editor is everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Editors are like those, uh, I mean... They Super can, unsung heroes. Yeah, they can make things better. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You get a bad editor, it's almost worse. Like, bad editor, good director, or bad director, good editor, I'll take the second one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's all I've heard about that. Like, is, uh, like, because I edited, like, I was, uh, like, Jake Barkas. We had Jake Barkas on, mm -hmm. and we've had Josh on, Lawhorn, too. And I remember just personally having conversations with them, not even right. on the podcast, just personally. They were just like, it's all about editing. Like every film, short film is about editing. They will have so much good footage and so much bad footage. It's the editor's job to figure yeah. out what's the good footage what, and how do we place this. And Jake's, Jake's and Jake's shorts are a great example of that because the content, if it's bad editing or bad bad lighting, bad anything, bad yeah. angles, the, the humor that's conveyed in the way that they're actually doing it actually won't land as much if mm -hmm. it's not – if it's not even cut and pieced up in a way that actually highlights why it's funny too. Right. That's why Jake's are so funny and why like after I watched one, I watched ten others right after it. Yeah. It's because of the the, the editing. Like it was professionally it's done. It's done very well, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a <laughs> that's I don't know. It, it's I mean, like you said, man, it kind of like when it rains, it pours. I mean, I, I guess it, it's, I know it's rough. And yeah, yeah. these next couple of weeks are going to be, you know, kind of Foxville for you. But uh -huh. I mean, hey, man. You yeah, know, I mean, this no is guts, what it's no glory, take, right? right? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's part of it. Like, you, I've been a stand-up now for, I've been a comic for eight-ish years. Had a corporate job for 12. And, like, I've taken shit kickings. I'm, I'm used to, like, these rough seasons of life. This is the first time in my life where I'm like, man, if I don't take a vacation with my girlfriend, like, right after this my head's going to explode yeah like that meme <laughs> like i'm just i just want to get the projects wrapped have a really fun party and then like vanish somewhere nice for a week yeah, yeah it's and uh not think about the result like i'm gonna sure. hand all the post work over to, <laughs> to aj and lino and be like yeah. oh, please no that, that, that that's yeah. a legit i mean burnout is a legit thing regardless of, of what yeah. industry or what you're working on i mean it is like i i you know the uh the, the the mental you know kind of breakdowns that people are talking about now it's a very real thing i think a lot of people do lean on that more but you're right. actually in the middle of burning possibly if you if you keep going you got to take a break or you're, you're gonna lose it you're, you're really gonna lose it i'm facing a little decision fatigue right like yeah. there's just yeah of there's a lot of people asking me there's probably more people right now asking me for my opinion on how to move something forward than ever before and that's just that's a lot hey, i so i i'm I have a question because um, this is something new and I, like out of your realm, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, not really out of your realm. It's entertainment, but you've never made a show and right. like you're working on it. Um, is have you noticed a difference in some people that yes. are like some like some people that didn't believe in you, and yeah. now every and people and, they, and they, have you noticed people riding coattails a little bit? Um, I don't Can you think name it's, all of them too. Yeah, yeah. And give I, them the I, don't, I don't think it's that, but what I think it is is, you know, I openly put out. 
three and a half years ago, like, guys, like, I'm recording. This is the casting call. I'd love to see you there. And, you know, some people had legitimate, um, like, conflicts that prevented them from being there. And I, I think on on this scene especially, I don't think people are um, riding coattails or, or even jealous. I think they're very curious to see how this experiment works out. Because, essentially, if it does work, what we're showing is you can create things right here in Cleveland yeah. and yep. get them sold. And that's really, I'm as invested in that as any other part of Because you don't even live in Cleveland anymore. No, like I'm here all the time though. Just, I'm just, yeah, I'm just yeah. clarifying to listeners. <laughs> you love, don't even live I here. I love this scene and this scene has given me so much that like, even when it comes to my special, the most important thing is not that I have a good time or a good set. It's what can I create off of any success that we may have filming that or filming Stuck. Yeah. Like, does it get people to notice Brett or Mary? Does someone watch Bill and go, he'd be great in this other thing? Yeah. And these are guys that already have massive networks, and it's just about trying to put them in a space where maybe their talent gets recognized. I think I'm getting very lucky in, yeah. in so many ways, right? I don't have the biggest following here. Uh, don't even live in the city. <laughs> you um, live in Arkansas. <laughs> but, I, but I love it here. And I love the folks here and like Bill, Mary, you, so many guys um, within the comedy scene really like saw me at a time when I was at my literal lowest. And so to go from there to where we are at today is a mark of personal pride. So I don't think there's so much of the coattail writing. I do think there's a little bit of like a, oh, well, where's that project? And it's like, guys, you know, I've, I've been yelling it from the rooftops for, yeah. for years. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I. I mean, without giving too much away, high level, yeah. what is Stuck? Stuck is about a writer who's in the middle of a divorce, um, and it's a pretty nasty one. He's Indian, she's American. and It uh, never would have worked. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's the whole story. <laughs> no, they're in the middle of a nasty oh divorce, and he had these books that were kind of successful, um, and she wants the books as part of the divorce settlement, and if he refuses to give them to her, she basically threatens to tell the government that their marriage was fraudulent. It was just like a green card okay. wedding. And then he gets deported anyway. So it's about that. His wife also cheats on him. He crashes his car into her lover's car and gets sent to court-ordered anger management. And that's where he meets people that allow him to start to make some headway in life again. Who's playing the soon-to-be ex-wife? Because I feel like I know seven of these women. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's not cast yet because she's not in episode one. Okay. But the principal cast on this is um, there's three characters. So Ronnie, he's the male lead. I'll play him. Um, Brett Thomas is playing the role of Nick, who's kind of like the comedic relief. It's a character that's very much It's Brett. just Brett. It's, he's just hilariously oh, he's awkward and dark. Yeah. Hey, and then so, yeah. uh, Mary's character is Francesca, and she's another person that's within the group. So that's like the core principal cast. And then there's there's obviously people outside of that. Uh, Rosa, who plays the editor, and she's being played by Danielle Camuso. So lots of lots of uh, lots of people that have never done this job before. Almost all of us have never done this yeah. job before. <laughs> but I think that's what makes it good. Yeah, I, I agree. Because when you sit at the table. It's one thing to have all the experience in the world, but if if I took that script to say like a traditional Hollywood studio, would, do they look at it? I don't have a name yet, right? They wouldn't take a bunch of guys with zero experience. But if you like uh, the Always Sunny guys did that, yeah. they financed their own pilot, and then they ended up doing what sixteen seasons or some shit like that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's possible. Yeah. It's yeah. funny seeing, but like the it's always funny because I do remember. I remember the 
the very raw scene that I saw that ended up being one of the episodes. It was, I think, in the first episodes when they were trying to pay uh, the waitress to, to go on a date with Charlie. And it, it's that version of it, but it's 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 basically shot on like an iPhone or something yeah. like that. She's Just his real kinda, wife, right? Charlie's mm-hmm. real wife, yeah. 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 And then the same thing with uh, when uh, when Mac, I think it's called Mac dates a tranny or something like that. <laughs> it, it's that scene. It's but they're in like someone's yard or something like that. But it's the exact same scene, just kind of shooting it a little bit raw. But that's you're, you're right. That's what becomes what you so, see now. You like they all start that way. Mm-hmm. And you're not even shooting it raw. You're shooting it with like a production. Company. Oh yeah, shooting yeah, yeah, yeah. it with like production quality cameras. But the budget on this thing is shoestring. Yeah. Like when I say shoestring, like. You know, there's a point at where I got involved where Lito was like, well, I'm going to up the budget. And I was like, well, how are you financing it? And he's like, oh, I'll just take it out of a credit card. And I was like, dude, you are not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I will find a way to crowdfund this before I allow you to go take out, you know, something that has 25% interest every month. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Have you done any crowdfunding for it? Mm-mm. No. I, I really like the idea of not crowdfunding things as much as you can it, i just feel like unless I'm, it's really necessary like blue mountain state did that for yeah, a movie so and that was cool because they had a big following if it's like a twenty thirty thousand dollar project then yeah maybe but you know there's other things where i just think like man like the more you can get away with not doing the crowdfunded piece i think it creates new obligations frankly it adds more pressure it puts and more stress pressure on you because now it's like man well so-and-so bet on me for... Even when people buy a $5 ticket to come watch me, I feel the pressure of that. It's, mm-hmm. an, it's, it's X amount more people that are technically invested, invested in, yeah. your, in your project. This was like three years ago. Brian Caddy, I was talking to Brian Caddy. He was closing out the show, and I did a set in the middle. And he was like, hey, you had a really good set. I was like, thanks. And I was like, hey, you're going to kill this great crowd. And he goes, hey, he's like, the longer you do this, the more you realize that the closing spot is so much pressure. <laughs> like, it's so much. And he wasn't, like, mad because he's fucking, and he killed, you know? But yeah. just mentally. And then, and then, like, the more I get to that, like, I closed out a, I closed out a show at Marlowe's Festival. And I did feel the, like, I was watching the beginning of the show, like, not go well. And I was yeah. like, oh, fuck, man. I'm feeling the fucking heat. But that's almost better. Yeah. Like, the number of times I've been part of a show or been at a show where the feature and the guest spot and the host get told, you know, honestly, you were my favorite. What they're forgetting is those those spots are way shorter. Anyone's mm-hmm. best five or 15 or even 30 is easier to execute than running 60. There's a physical element to it, but there's also mental taxation to keep talking like that for an hour. Yeah. You know, and keep people hooked. You hit your peak faster, and then you right. don't drag. Then you don't have to drag on a little right. bit. So you have to like ramp it just perfectly to make yeah. it make it all click. The feature spot might be the best spot. Yeah, I mean, continuously you hear from people that go to comedy clubs a lot, like just just regular people that go see a comedy show. Like, yeah, the headliner was funny, but that feature was fucking gold. And I usually, again, I usually tell them something similar. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, yeah, well, they got less amount of time. They can pack in 15 minutes of their killers. When the headliners right. got sixty minutes, so if you don't find a couple minutes funny, which could be, which are probably very good jokes, but if you don't find that funny, you're getting dragged on, and they, you got to gain their, you got to get their, you got to get your trust gained again by the headliner, and it's yeah. a whole mental uh, yeah. Olympics, mental gymnastics thing. Well, th- that's, I guess it, it might even be a personality thing too. Like maybe someone prefers the feature, maybe maybe someone doesn't even know it until you actually mention like, mm-hmm. fuck, should I be feeling more pressure of this? Right. So like when you're talking about like so the script for uh for 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 stuck. So you mm-hmm. said like basically 
you, you you knocked a lot of it out really really fast which is a thing that does when you think about this from like a, a writing script you hear about some of your favorite songs of all time were written in five minutes yeah you know like but did you ever go back Foo fighters the, big this me is, this has had probably 20 25 revisions uh, that was my point. question yeah but the meat of it so i'm saying like 75 percent of it is what it was when i wrote it on that flight and that that's, and then the other yeah. twenty five are based around really good tactical questions that you know like Lido, AJ, the rest of the production when team, someone else, yeah. yeah, we're offering notes on like what it, what are this character's motivations? How can we get to them faster? Why is he so angry? Um, what are the stakes? Like why should anyone care that this guy is going through a divorce? And then it's like okay, well, okay, he might lose status in America entirely. Um, so it's they're all. And I don't want to give too much away, but they're showcased within the script. And there's a lot of the biggest changes we made were in terms of showing and not telling. Yeah. So another character's dialogue indicates what's happening in this person's life, as opposed to him just looking down and like the audience just has to like get it. Yeah. You know. So at one point, his his uh, his brother is the one that points it out. He's just like, "Did you ever think this marriage is going to work out, dude? Like, you're clearly different people." that kind of thing so you, you you kept basically the foundation the base the whole meat of it the maybe just streamed on a little bit once a couple more eyes got on it. it's like because mm -hmm. it, it, it's just like a, a i don't know if sitcom's the right word for it so this the way i wrote it is almost like a british style comedy okay it's a lot more dark and somewhat morbid um the jokes are not not vulgar necessarily but they're they're dry they're more deadpan sure it's, you don't have too many loud characters. You don't have too much of a departure from reality. All of these people are people you should, for the most part, be able to envision. There's one scene that's kind of a little bit off the wall, but by and large, yeah, you should be able to envision exactly who these people are. It, remi it honestly reminds me of like so like when when like when when I read the script, it rem it didn't it it wasn't the exact same, but it reminded me of the type of shows like Marin or. Um, like any of those semi, yeah, I'll take one. Any of those like semi bi biographical, sure. you know, those like those fake fiction. I, 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 sorry, I'm having a brain fart because you, you're offering me beer. You know, like those move those uh, shows that are based around someone, but not really. So, like Marin or yeah, uh, yeah. like Louis or something. Like it's not the same, obviously, right? But it has that like there is your truths that you wrote into it. That yeah, are that are like that that uh, in the scenes they are fixed they're, they're not they're made up but right. it's coming from a real place. I, I thought of immediately it, which has over the last couple of years has been one of my favorite shows and it's called Catastrophe. Okay. And it's it, I thought of it right away. It, it's it's kind of UK based, very it's 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 chaos but almost like with the volume turned down. Like it's not over right. the top. Like there's vulgar jokes and there's crazy shit going on, but it's not over the top where like there's no laugh track or anything like that mm -hmm. but it's like a real life scenario of a couple i mean it's called catastrophe because everything is just like everything is just fucked right you know and and when you were i was describing that and i, I love the style of that there's another one called uh breeders that's out right now too it, yeah. it's not my favorite but I, there's parts in it that are very appealing it's kind of low budget like it's taken all the the, the bells and whistles out right. of it it's character driven and it's story driven but at the same time shit happens it's kind of like the the dramedy part but some dark stuff where even at some point you're just like should i laugh at that it is a real life thing though yeah these these narrative arcs that i like playing with it's very akin to like a dark or darker ted lasso maybe where another good example the yeah. characters are really they're a lot more flat they're not like 
you know, super zany, like the assistant guy to the uh, the lady that runs the football club or even Ted himself, the characters are a little more muted and that's deliberate. Like, because I don't think in real life, like I think that comes from the American style of television production, which is to constantly inform the audience of, oh, this is the comedic relief. This is the love interest. Like yeah. it's, it's whoa are, instead yeah. of whoa. Something's funny is about to happen you're because being queued up to Joey laugh. Tribbiani just walked in the door. Right. You know you're what being, I mean? Yeah. Your reaction is being, is you know, you're being Pavlov into being <laughs> salivating because yeah. this you're guy You're being prepped up. for a laugh in, exactly. in a way. And f- with Stuck, what you'll notice is the characters are, they're flawed, every single one of them. But most of them have good cores. Um, Just and like a regular person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is, I believe that real life is that way. There's some people that are really yeah, just awful, but by and large... Everybody does awful things. No one's walking around but here knocking it out every day. But hardly any of us are yeah. awful people. Yeah, yeah, everyone fucks up, yeah. and everyone does stupid shit, but we're not bad people, and we don't, yeah. I but it's, it. it's called Stuck because that's exactly, every single character is, is kind of in a, uh, a crossroads in their life where they're all just trying to move up and out of their misery um, and can't figure out why. And really what I liked writing in this was the, the female characters more than anyone. The hardest character to write was was Ronnie. Um, but, like, Brett's character was super easy. The female characters I liked enjoyed writing because I think we've picked angles that are not commonly de- depicted in television. Um, everything's been done under the sun, but time will tell whether or not that's going to come out <laughs> good on screen. I mean, I think it can. It, it is interesting. and I do. Everything you just said is 100% accurate. I think it's also becoming more of the norm. I mean, the, the, the time of the... The Two Broke Girls, How I Met Your Mother sitcoms, I think, is, is slowly and rightfully so. Like at least in my comedy. opinion. Yeah. yeah. I out. hated when Two Broke Girls came out. It's, I didn't even know terrible. about the show. I the just clips like, are terrible. Uh, I, mean, I, I just like, where's the one cup? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> waka waka. But then you start thinking about like other ones that have come out that, that are like, like, you know, like Fleabag or, or the one that Ricky Gervais just did, the uh, uh, yeah. Afterlife. So like, a- it's fantastic. Afterlife, you know? actually, I've, I've worried in the past that. Like, I love Ricky. Um, Afterlife is about a journalist whose wife dies from cancer. So there's a a tiny bit there where I was like, are we, like, straying into his territory? But then I was like, no, the rest of it is all, it's all radically different. Um, But, yeah, I, I love him and everything he's created for a long period of time. I, I was just, I showed my girlfriend idiot, an idiot abroad. So good. I showed her that and she was like, hey, she was like, I was like, hey, you need to see this. And she was like laughing sometimes. Yeah. And then when she stopped watching, I was like, let's watch one more episode. And it was the one where he went to, they, they forced him to go to Thailand. Yeah. And next thing you know, they dress him, he hangs out with a bunch of uh, lady boys. And then uh, the lady boys dress him up as a lady. And and they're like, you don't have any makeup remover or anything. They're like, no. And he goes, okay. And then it's just him. This dresses. is your British accent. Yeah. And, yeah okay. My, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and he's just sitting there in drag eating chicken wings, and yeah. it's fucking amazing. Have you seen the one in India? No, I haven't. Carl Pilkington in India with Warwick Davis. No, I haven't seen it. Is he go- it similar? He, he goes around the world with Warwick Davis, who's a little person. Um, oh, is that the third season? Uh, I don't know what it's called. That's Carl and no, it's not Carl. It's not. Have you ever seen the? Pilko pump pant. No. <laughs> Carl considers himself an inventor, and he basically <laughs> takes one of those neck pillow things that you wear on an airplane, yeah, and puts it in the ass end of a a pair of trousers, <laughs> and then he's like, "This is great." And Ricky and Steve are like, "What the hell for?" And he's like, "You know, you've come back from the store, you bought some groceries, 
and it's got like these massive mesh zip pockets and he's like there's no chair you just sit on the ground and they're like all right let's have you act this out so they put a bunch of crockery like you know plates and cups and shit and they're like oh no the bus is coming run run and you're running with all the clanking about and then he's like, "It's great, you know, if your if your kid is drowning, you know, he's got a flotation device." <laughs> and Ricky's like, "What? So it's it's blowing his bottom up, so his head is in the water. Yeah. It's drowning him drowning faster, him more faster. efficiently." Yeah. The best part about Carl is hearing Steven and Ricky just mock what like what he's saying. Yeah, it's so fucking genius. Yeah, they're pretty brutal with him, but they're not wrong. I mean, Ricky's like. You've done no work to get here. You've just come in on the backs of me and Steve and gotten the lion's share of your own pilot. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever seen Idiot Abroad? I have, yeah. Oh, it's fucking wonderful. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I, I same like everything that he's done. I mean I still I still watch old uh extras reruns. Like that stuff is never not I've seen those I've probably watched that series all the way through four times and i still know what's coming and I still laugh. Yeah, he's great. And extras he's one of the good. funniest people. Like, I mean, that's something I feel like is missing. So if you've watched extras, there's sexual tension and chemistry built between Andy Millman and I forget the female protagonist. Uh, yeah. But nothing ever happens with it. It just, it keeps getting closer and closer and it never, I don't think Ricky has ever made out with anyone on any script, not even on The Office. Not that I can think of. I was yeah. trying to think of the invention Which is breaking line. a norm because, I mean, I'm assuming... I've read about in TV and movies. Indians but, never kiss on TV and film. Whites always do. No shit. Not, yeah, no, and not Ricky much. Gervais. Ricky Gervais is technically <laughs> Indian by... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, by but, lack of intimacy. Yeah, but in, like, American TV shows, isn't it, um, like, uh, there, there's a theory in film that once the couple, once the love interests actually come together, people don't care anymore because they care about they want to see that the that build couple up. come. The they want to see the yeah. build up. So I mean, that's why in a lot of shows, like when the couple builds up, uh, the show will yeah. kind of not get as good after the they're show together. Sucked after or, and then they have to break up, and then they have to come back together. I kind of prefer like like well, when it, well, I, I mean the the one obviously extras is one because they really end up just staying really really good friends. Even really in Afterlife, it's the same actress just mm -hmm. playing it in in not the same character, but they never really actually get together. Right. Um. Same thing with Thirty Rock. Like in the beginning, you're like, "Is Jack and Tina Fey going to end up?" And they didn't. And I preferred it that way because it made no sense. Right. So, but she's they a stayed... head writer and he's a page. Yeah. 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 It just it, it just it made no sense, but it was great, and and, and it's almost preferable because you're right. Once, because then you start getting into that stupid Ross and Rachel territory where they get together too soon. Now to keep it fresh, you got to keep breaking them up and then getting back together. Right. Will they? Won't they? And that that's been done to death. So I mean, I think. Myself personally, I, I I do levitate more toward like the ones that are maybe a little bit less conventional. But yeah. the the couple dynamic is something anyone can relate to, and I don't think that gets tired, which is why I, I, I think, like the stuck angle. Yeah, what what it is with this whole script is uh, in my head. There's a lot of people that are like, we've got to get this decision right, and this one right, and this one right, and this one right, because you know it's like stakes are up, pressure's mm -hmm. here, production's here. And in my head, I'm like, guys, like, none of this should be happening. You understand? Like, I wrote this in 90 minutes on a flight with zero screenwriting experience. This is all just luck and the universe, right people, right time. It's all of that. So why don't you just take the pressure off yourselves and think of this as something you don't 
you shouldn't have at all. Yeah, <laughs> just do it. let's just do it because we, do it. we, we shouldn't have been it. doing it in and the first place. <laughs> is that kind of a hard balance for you? Cause I, I understand what you're saying because sometimes I, you're yeah. like, let's just enjoy this. But at the same time, you want it, you know? So, I want you, it, but I also want to be very cognizant of the things I've wanted before that then turn into things I wish I never had. Yeah. Um, this, it's, it's about enjoying the moment. Like, think about this you're in a room with 20 people that alone just to coordinate that when nobody works together and everyone's getting paid practically nothing they're getting paid in pizza to come do this job <laughs> dan o'shannon is there there's a studio there's people that have done some decent film work and it was good pizza and and everyone is trying to come together and make this thing real i think that is the real magic in filmmaking at least at this level I'm sure once it gets more corporate, it becomes more of a nightmare because sure. they're just they're machining it out. Um, but for what we're doing, yeah, I I don't I think we created the best product when we were the least pressured, and we were the least pressured when we had the least expectations of ourselves. Yeah, you're a loser. You yeah, know. exactly. You're not, you're not getting outside. Your it's head. it's being it's doing a fucking big ass show and then. But then, like, uh, but then doing a fucking shithole open mic. <laughs> yeah, so that's <laughs> like kind of like what you were asking me before, right? Like, do I feel like people are acting different or people are riding coattails? I don't really feel that way, and I think part of it's because I'm not here all the time. But people do ask, like, "Hey, what is this thing? Like, wh- who are these twenty people that were in this room? How did that happen?" And it's just like, it's. I think sometimes people forget. I forget that I've been doing this almost a, a decade now. Yeah. So at that period of time, I've been around enough people that have done something like this, even if they haven't been super successful, they've taken their crack at writing a screenplay or a late night submission packet or an hour, whatever it is. You have to push yourself creatively. I only brought that up because... Um, do, it in English, so do it in an English accent. I only brought that up because... Um, <laughs> uh, oh, just there's so much in Cleveland. Oh, bloody hell. A bl- a bloody flake. Uh, I've got flakes in my hair. Uh, I don't know. What? what are you saying? I've got, I've got psoriasis, mate. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I don't know. Um, but <laughs> the only reason I brought that up is... <laughs> it sounds negative. It sounds really negative, mate. Uh... I should be in the next Johnny Depp. I actually do a really good Jack Sparrow walk. Um, but no, I, sorry, seriously. I right. brought it up because like doing stand-up in Cleveland, this isn't a diss on like our, yeah, yeah. like the scene over here. But uh, I mean, I've been guilty of it before, Is that I, but I don't feel like I'm like, like this. There are some people in Cleveland that when they do stand-up, I feel like there's not as much gratitude. Mm-hmm. I feel like everyone's working at the same thing. Some people take it as it's so competitive. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people aren't as grateful. Yeah. And more people are more like instead of, hey, I'm proud of you for doing that, they're like, well, fuck that, man. Like, uh, uh, you know, uh, I should have been fucking doing that. Or I, so that's it's just a matter thing. of perspective. And, yeah. And, and, and I've got, I think everyone in entertainment has got caught in that in some point. I think um, it's impossible not. I think it's impossible, uh, but I just felt like sometimes in the scene, I've had personal conversations with a couple comics. They've agreed, and I think things are changing slowly. Yeah. Uh, instead of people being jealous or envious of other people, like climbing up the ladder, instead it's like, hey, no, you deserve that. I'm happy for you. I'm going to keep doing my own thing, and I'm going to be happy with it, and I'm happy that you're getting recognition that's the only reason why i brought that up because i've noticed it a little bit and it's kind of changing like it depends on the person but i know a lot of gracious people but i also know a lot of envious people sure yeah i mean we're a bunch of uh egomaniacs in entertainment in general so i I get that i think 
there's a lot of like I deserve this and not a lot of how did so and so get this and when people ask that second question they free themselves as long as they don't go with like the Occam's razor explanation which is the most obvious right they're like oh she only got this because she's a girl or he only got this because he's on a TV show and it's like guys there's more to it than that yeah there's there's always more to it than that yeah so I, I completely agree. Yeah. We've all got we've I all think got you're caught both, in that. I think I've been caught right. in that before. I think you know? you're both right. And, and and so to start with your point, I'm Brian, jealous of people. I think that yeah, everyone has. I think yeah. that's a normal. I'm not jealous. And, all, I'm and, not a jealous person either. No, but I know. Just bound I, to happen. I, I, it's it's a normal reaction. Yep. So say like uh, so things happening for Raj mm-hmm. and it's great. Yeah. You know like and I'm so fucking happy there for Raj. This is so cool. We'll talk after. It's cool. But and I'm not saying this in a negative way, and I'm certainly not getting anyone because I don't know yeah there are cleveland comics where they heard about this like cool their next thought was why isn't this me right and and that and not in a negative way then they start thinking you know why is this happening for him or why is it happening for her why is this happening for what am i doing wrong am i not funny of course i'm funny i did this i then you start kind of replaying yeah. almost like everything you've done in the last year yeah and to your point where you were like you know, so, some people saying like, "Oh, it's because she's a woman," right. or because he's this, or because he knows this person. I'm sure that stuff helps. Everyone's gotten an opportunity mm-hmm. because of a friend of theirs, something like that. To me, in just following you, knowing you a little bit, I know we're not super close, but yeah, I've yeah. seen your sets. You're a very funny guy. Thank you. And I've you're a grinder though too. Yeah. That's the other thing, and that's I'm, when, I'm when on you talked about too. yeah. When you talked about that's <laughs> me and Raj mad. <laughs> I don't mean you're on grinder, <laughs> but you're just seeing like you you're, you're constantly promoting. Yeah, you are constantly putting yourself out there, clips everything, and honestly, I don't see that from a lot of local people. Right. You know, and then I think that eventually that it, I would don't even want to call it jealousy. That initial thought when they're seeing some of the th- Roscoe, sit the fuck down. <laughs> that initial thought of seeing what you're doing once they circle, I think they circle back to. I'm not doing enough because I don't think that people can can honestly look at themselves, look at you, look at what you're about to do and what you're trying to do right now, and say he's gotten this because of this. Outside of just you had to write, you had to find these people, you had to you're putting and yourself. I'm, I'm out there. fully transparent about how, yeah. how lucky I understand I've been in this process, sure. but I will also say there's nothing to get lucky about if you don't write the script. That's what I mean. Um, if you don't go to the birthday party and carry a copy of it with you. There's nothing for him to read. Yeah. You know, if you don't learn how to do cell text, there's th- there are next steps to all of this, and none of us can see each other's workload. So that's where I think ego gets involved. Like if you actually saw how much some people are dealing with, and then you go, oh, so and so doesn't respond to me. They must be too big. And it's like, no, nah, dude, they're literally that busy. And just because they're not literally working doesn't mean that that's not scheduled in downtime. Rest is essential to clearing your your headspace and your yeah. your physical body for that next row of work. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's why. Yeah. I mean, I think we're just friends because we just became friends. But yeah, I, I mean, I think I work. I mean, I work, work hard, pretty man. hard at yeah. doing stand up, making people like entertaining people, and you do too. Yeah, uh, and there are a lot of people that work really hard. Um, and I, it's weird. I think we we like we're the type of people that kind of notice. And it's not a bad thing if you don't work as hard. Like that's fine. But it's, it's just, just a, a different... thankless industry. And yeah. It's, it's and it's easy to get really embittered by it because these business models, when you finally do get successful, someone basically takes a chunk of your money, 
the same the same agents that never paid attention to you when you were trying to get their attention the moment they're like oh well you don't need me anymore fine i'll sign you i'll get you a couple gigs and now i get 25 percent of your shit sure yeah <laughs> well yeah and i think for uh when you're in the entertainment realm the way that you two are too th- there's a a very common thing that is done in every industry, but for some reason in the entertainment side, it's kind of frowned upon, right. which is essentially networking. Right. So when you were talking about like bringing a script to a party or something like uh-huh. that, you know, that's what, I mean, I have to do that in a manner of speaking. I have to do that at my job. Right. You know, I have to, you know, go the extra mile and, and do this. I got to laugh at fucking jokes that I don't think are funny with clients and yeah, shit. Like Somebody that. convert that's a last normal, week. That's a normal thing yeah. in the Script. corporate, in the corporate, whatever you want to call. In your world, for some reason, the exact same thing that everyone else is doing happens and someone's like, that's bullshit. Why is he doing that? Because our it's, job revolves around honesty. Yes. And, and transparency within character. Yeah. Um, I, I don't like I don't I've been around rooms where comics are schmoozing and I hate it and I hate it because what it sets you up for is to say exploit me please like that's what I I see that as every time if you believe in your product then fuck the other person if they don't respect it and won't give it the time of day cool yeah like in my head I've always been especially in the last five years like if if they're if no one's giving you your break you just have to build it yourself there's no what are the other options what if it never shows up what if no one ever grabs you and says hey you're, i'm signing you and we all love those stories about somebody that got their break on a weird whim but yeah let's be real that's there's a lot of people 0.0001 yeah. percent of people mm-hmm. that actually be forget that get really big that be able to turn that into a, a job right. you, you have to Luck is always going to play a part of it, but if you don't do the work, it ain't going to matter. I mean, I remember this thing when I was first, you know, starting to do real good at comedy three, four years in. And, like, there was a distinct shift in the way people would treat me. And then, like, it kind of, you know, COVID was a bit of a hush period. And it was like all of them uh, went away. I used to book rooms at times. And, like, the ways that comics speak to you when you're a booker is so different to when you're just a comic. And that's oh, the kind yeah. of shit that I. You've, I hate. Uh, you've said that, Brian. Yeah, like you know you get way. treated differently. I when I even did a show in uh, when I did the show in um, uh, Indy, um, I was with Ray and Ray. Uh, he has. Uh, I gotta um, meet this fucking he, guy. He has <laughs> Nancy. No, you don't have to. <laughs> Ray Roberts. No, Ray Devito. Oh, okay. this yeah, fucking uh, guy. No, uh, but Ray. Uh, so something like he's from. He like worked in New York, and he's got credits. So immediately, I was like, "Oh, you're from New York." And then the one, the one comic. I didn't have any. Sh- I didn't have any shade. I just noticed it. I didn't know who the guy was, and he didn't know who I was. He didn't really care. And I was like, "Hey, what's up, Brian?" He's like, "Cool." And I was like, "Okay." It's kind of weird. And then the dude Ray was telling someone I book shows in Cleveland, mm-hmm. and the dude, the same, the same dude. He was like, "Oh man, you book shows in Cleveland? I'm gonna think about coming up there." And I was like, "I just noticed the. Yeah, uh, you kind of threw shade. I wasn't mad at it. I just you notice it, and I noticed it in another city. So I was like, okay, this shit's different." Sure. It's you just know. this this fucking line of work has like a ninety nine percent dropout rate, and that's what I realized. Like people are going to talk shit. Most of them won't be working five years from now. Yeah, they're they're gonna give it's up. It's the reality, which is like, okay. Yeah, you'll you'll burn. You can't be that kind of guy. This is a labor of love, and you have to have a degree of positivity to do it. Even if you are a generally negative or a dark comic, you still have to love the art form. You got to remember why you love it right. too. And everybody strays from that and forgets from time to time. But by and large, it's the guys that are 
negative about what outcome they expect and the environment they're in and sure. just brooding in that, they're the ones that take themselves out of the game. Where it's like, if you just switch your attitude a little bit and just say, what are three things I could do this week? Do I email three clubs? Do I make some cold calls? Do I set up a website? What are the actions that put me in front of more people? You change, you change everything for yourself at that point. Yeah. that's the mentality I was kind of talking about in terms of like you're just you're a, a, a worker, like right. you're 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 doing your nine to five, whatever, pay the bills. Mm-hmm. But you're also like at the end of the day, that's where I th- that's and that's not a comic thing, that's not an entertainment thing. That's a people thing. Yeah, like people like to you know kind of focus a lot on why they're not getting ahead, and then it's little little tiny things like that. You know, it's it's yeah. a, it's a numbers game in so many industries where you put out enough feelers, you get more responses, and then maybe something comes of it too. Right. I think I don't know. I, I see a lot of people in any industry falling short because of that. Those things. Yeah, that's the the hope. Even look for a comic. What I would say is this is a even my uh, special. It's a chance to show up for free, drink for free, watch an actual production, how it goes from toe to toe for free, and then continue drinking for free. <laughs> You could go watch a huge headliner, but in my and I'm gonna sound very biased when I say this. I think you would get more out of watching a production at your level, right? A production that would happen for you tomorrow, even if you're not a headliner. If mine goes well, and see what the elements are, what that breakdown looks like. Watch success a little bit, yeah. like like I've been yeah. to tapings, like probably at least seven or eight times and i just understand like so much of it is manufactured it's not like brian comes out and he's like hey give it up for raj and i go out it's just a regular show like right before he does that you'll probably hear the set director call basically quiet on set and you'll have uh him call cameras rolling and then action then brian will come out pull me on and then there'll probably be a guy with like an applause sign at the side i'm so excited for the little things before like you go up i'm it's so excited for it the hardest it's like part. little things i i don't want to talk about it on air but yeah. you know like there's tiny pieces to it there's yeah. tiny things because the whole i'm assuming the whole room is going to be bucked yes it like will there's be microphones everywhere. everywhere and i'm so excited because i've never said from it the roof like it's not from the you, yeah yeah I there's know, a yeah. noise there's a noise floor to cut out all like the whispers and glasses or whatever the, chairs the, the street noise so street to speak noise, yeah. ambient noise yeah so it's it's flown from the ceiling i'm so excited for that raj yeah. that's why i was so happy when we have like, five shooters including a gimbal cam a straight shot two angles and then i think a shoulder mounted cam no. so like i've done this on my own at least three times and failed at it <laughs> like, big, i'm saying big shows like Walton Arts Center in, is probably the most pre- prestigious place you can play in Northwest Arkansas. And I did it, right? I did their little black box, and it's like 175 Went out, sold these fucking $30 tickets. And then the footage, I get it back. I'm like, man, this is like shaky or like out of focus. Or, and I just didn't have enough contingencies. Yeah. Yeah. Audio wasn't right. And then I look, and it's because, oh, you only had two mic inputs plus the board. You only had two cameras. So there was always a high risk of things going to shit yeah this is exciting man this, yeah. this i'm excited for you for all of us like yeah. that's what the thing i keep getting back at is because if it works for me they will a hundred percent look to replicate that model with another comic on this Very much why agree. not people yeah. told me congratulations i was like i'm not even doing this special <laughs> <laughs> i'm doing like probably still i'm doing you. like six minutes up top <laughs> they'll probably still film you yeah it's still gonna be cool but i mean even like people again like that kind of shows that like even when i said earlier like some people are like 
like some people just get jealous and like it's pure like negativity yeah. but then i mean at the same time i've gotten someone's like like mickey genosi he was like yeah dude i saw you're doing that right you're hosting that dude that's yeah. fucking cool and i was like thanks man little shit like that like i could tell he was not lying he wasn't saying no, that no, no. to fuck with yeah, he we're was, all we're all tight on this scene you know like, yeah I, a lot of people are very supportive at it, the same it time it would be the my worst nightmare is like you know whatever way this goes good or bad that it changes the good relationships that i have with people here yeah i would hate to lose that i don't think you're losing that but if i need to you know if i lose that and sell my shit to netflix for like a hundred grand then yeah fuck yeah (laughs) (laughs) well everyone gets it like they don't they want to experience actor so no i'm kidding i'm kidding no but that's (laughs) but fuck that reminds me i wrote a joke like two years ago i was like hey guys if i if I never make it, just know I'm never going to forget you. Unless yeah. I make it, then fuck all of you. And my mom commented, and she was like, why did you say that? <laughs> no, I was just shitting. I was just joking, but that reminds me of it. So I don't know how long we have left, but if you guys are down, I'd love to talk about the last thing that I'm working on that might kill me. <laughs> it's the bar. That was my next. Yeah. I was going to shift, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, go ahead. No, it's oh. a, well, <laughs> well, tell him about it. his bar, Joe. <laughs> no, no, he said I, I thought he had like a setup. No, no, no. Well, I, I was actually about to because I mean I know that so we're you. Sorry, you got to be somewhere at seven thirty. I got to take a, a call on that laptop, so I'll probably drive out of here. And no worries. Okay, no, we still got time. Um, yeah. So uh, when we're talking about things like it rains, it pours, you're also in yeah. the middle of a, a rather significant investment. Yeah. So uh, tell us about yeah, that. Yeah. So I've I've loved the bentonville area arkansas where you know i lived there for almost five years before coming up here and so what's happening to the town is it's turning into austin there's a lot of people coming in from like la and dallas and new york like moneyed up cities and the culture has changed a lot bars have become more bougie everything's become more expensive and in my head i should still be able to go to a bar that makes a good drink that doesn't make me feel like a piece of crap just because I didn't order a $12 cocktail. I chose a $5 beer. So we're launching this little spot. Um, I don't even know if I could say the location yet, but it's going to be called the Botanical. Um, and it's a it's a bar that will have a decent selection of cocktails, but they're very playful. Like the one that I've contributed to the menu, I don't even know if it'll get on there, but it's called a break from the kids, and it's just three kinds of dark liquor. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it, that's the kind of vibe I want the place to have. It's very small. The inside is about 1,500 square feet. That's before we put bathrooms and a bar top in. So really you're thinking about 800 square feet. Uh, then the outside patio is very big. It's about 2,000 square feet, maybe a little more. Oh, wow, yeah. that's great. It's a big patio. It'll have a little dog run and a little space for kids to be kids. Um, and then like a big concrete patio that we can tent in the winter, hopefully, and at least shade in the summer. I love that you're – so between the show – between your uh, the, the the special the show, you're like I need one more thing, I but I also more. need the logistics of this third thing to for some reason be even fucking harder yeah. than everything yeah. else. Because starting a business anywhere, some places are much more difficult because of the uh, uh, the, the the taxes, property laws. The, the, there's so many different yeah. aspects to go into that. And again, not having like I, I know you have some partners that obviously mm-hmm. have a little bit more yeah. background yeah. in it, but I mean you think about something like that again. That's another almost like it's it's your learning as you're going. You're like fuck, I didn't even know I needed a permit for that. Yeah. Like like things like that. So these two other guys are pretty experienced on the real estate end. That's what cool. I'm good at is like entertainment, hospitality, marketing, like the more brand focused side of things. Sure. Um, but it's funny because it's three dudes. 
me, an Indian, another guy who's British, and a third guy is from Micronesia. So it's like the most diverse ownership group of people, I think, in the city in of Bentonville. Yeah. This bar is backed by the <laughs> United <laughs> Nations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We should have called it that. Um, so yeah, it's it's in, it's right in the heart of downtown Bentonville as well. It's at the gate, like the gateway to downtown Bentonville. How big is Bentonville? It's tiny. It's about sixty thousand people. Um, it's very akin to like Asheville, North Carolina. Love that place. Yeah. So it's it's small. But it's wealthy, and um, it's on the up and up, mostly because the Walton brothers just pour money into that area. They own Walmart, and they've like built out these huge trail systems. Is that where the centerpiece of Walmart is in Bentonville? No, sorry. It's the centerpiece? The headquarters. Yeah, <laughs> headquarters. The, the centerpiece. It's not a wedding. <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a puzzle. But yeah, you're thinking of flowers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Global Headquarters is there. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So I think we're hoping to open by October. You know, the build, like the building that we're going into, is getting gutted because it's like seventy years old. Yeah. So we're keeping some original elements, but flipping a lot of it. Like the floors and ceiling need fixing. You know, the walls, <laughs> the walls are okay. They're concrete, but so they need insulation and padding. Sure. Yeah. So we have work ahead of us over the course of this summer. The contractor is literally doing all that as we speak. Yeah, because what well, it sounds like from what you're describing is a growing city. Now I think there's. There are a lot more of these. Like the 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 lifestyle of California and New York, of what like basically what the eighties and nineties yeah. was, I, the, people, it's faltering. And actually, yeah. if there is a benefit from COVID, I think it's something like this: is that people are actually investing in other areas because you know the the COVID hit places like that harder, not just with the sickness toll, but because. It's so densely populated. People were actually forced to, to to move, and it's actually pouring money into other states, other cities, mm-hmm. other communities that maybe prior to that it wouldn't happen because everyone was so in love with the idea of living on the West Coast in California or living in the big city of New York. And now you're seeing kind of like growing areas, and maybe a place that maybe maybe it would have happened in ten years. Maybe it's happening sooner. Right. Almost because it's being forced. Because I was like, I have to look at other avenues. Like populations in other cities are growing because all for, regardless of the reasons why, there's a lot right. of political or, or whatever reasons why. But you know, when you look at like the the, the mass exodus that's happening in like California, New York, and they're going to New Mexico, they're going to Arizona, they're mm-hmm. going to Tennessee, they're going to Florida, they're going to obviously like in Austin and Texas. You know, they're going to places like that. And I think you're gonna, I, from what it sounds yeah. like, this could be a very similar like like, like effect. And you're kind of in a, in a way kind of getting on the ground level with a place like this. Yeah, yeah. It's been growing for the last five ten years, but I think what we're aiming to do with this bar is not when you walk in and get a drink with us i don't want you to think wow this reminds me of new york city or this reminds me of austin or la i want it to be an authentically bentonville experience personnel yeah and that is all in the service end it's not even so much in the mixology it's literally how people treat you and so the staff that we're hiring for in my head i've very clear like i want them to be good mixologists for sure but i want them to be better people yeah um, what's missing in town is that there's this increasing, like, almost like angst when you go to certain bars where they're just like, fuck, I really got to serve you. Like you're, you're a low dollar client. This is a high dollar client. They get preference. It's that same thing, right? It's the difference between being treated as a comic and being treated like a booker. Yeah. Yeah. I want to treat everybody like a comic who has a comic behind the bar. Yeah. There are no booker. No one's above anybody. Just, I understand there's customers that pay more than others but preferential treatment is never good in any almost any environment no i can think of five places right now five different types of places yeah that i go to just because 
it's chill. I like the people, and the place has like it, the place has a personality. The, mm-hmm. the one, I, the the example I always give is Black Cat Barbershop. Black Cat Barbershop is a barbershop. But you're telling two bald guys about this. Continue. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm sorry. Where's Grinder headquarters? Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Continue. They take care of beards. Yeah, but it's a yeah. but but it's a place where you're getting your haircut. But like everyone in there, like. The, it's almost like you're getting your haircut in a bar, right? And they all have great personalities. They talk. It, it's 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 an experience, you right. know. It, it's like that, or you know, um, um, I don't know. Just it, I, I th- or since pizza, a, a new place that I just went to, loved it, and I loved my server, and I loved the people back there. Everyone was just kind of chill. chill yeah. It just happened to be a place. It was a place I was hanging out that just happened to have really good pizza. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People remember those things, right? And mm-hmm. that's the kind of places that like. I think a lot of people, myself for sure, want to keep going back to. For sure. And th- that's, I want to be like a place of mine. So. Yeah. And, you know, the, the two dudes I work with, um, both are family men. You know, one, I think one, maybe both has pets. So, and I'm like, you know, I'm dating, but I don't have kids or anything or, or pets. So I think we bring very different angles of attack. Sure. To what I think we can serve the community with. I have, hey, I have a question. Married people with families like to go out and have drinks too, man. Yeah, yeah. No, they exactly. do. They so, very yeah. much. And Jonah, Jonah's wife have dogs. I mean, <laughs> that's yeah. a, those are kids. Drinking. Those are kids. <laughs> we yeah. love drinking. Uh, I have so we've never we I don't think we've ever hookahed together. No. No, I don't think we have. No. We've always set up. Remember, we, we went to, to change that. Yeah, well, no, I, I was bringing up because I just wanted to say real quick. I don't know if you remember when we went to go hookah in Brook Park. And yeah, we drove and by was, all was, oh these God, sketchy was... fucking, like the like the like the strip clubs where all the women have uh, C-section scars. Like we were driving past that side of Brook Hot. Park. We were looking for a hookah bar. There was yeah. like this little. There was a hookah bar, but it was like a little trailer. It like, was a, like a train carriage or something. And I was like, "There's no way this is a trap." Like we've never hookah. Horrible. So I was just wondering if you're gonna have uh, if you're eventually at thinking, the bar? yeah. If we can get the secure the tobacco license, but I think there's a lot of destigmatization. Another thing that no one thinks about yeah, a tobacco to secu- license. It's easy yeah. to get a tobacco license, yeah. but hookah is not a high margin activity. It takes a lot of effort to prep it, and then the big thing is like, okay, so what's the perception, right? Like people don't. There's a lot of people that don't know what it is. It looks kind of like a bong. Yeah. Now you're smoking around children. Like there's so many. If I could shut it down for a private night, right? And literally do, hey, it's medical marijuana night. <laughs> like that. Yeah. Medical marijuana convention in town. <laughs> what about do it like darts? Like where you're like, yeah, we have that as an option. Hookah night. And if you want to have like a like, like a hookah in your room or at your table, we can do that. The, the problem with the way the spaces are set up is you're never going to be more than, you know, six, ten feet away from another person. Yeah. So it's kind of like if you don't know what a hookah is, it looks like a bong to you. And you think people are smoking you're drugs. Right. It looks exactly like a bong. Well, yeah, it's, it's amazing. And the mass when, consumer of yeah. hookah is a person of color. So it's not usually white people smoking hookah all the time. It tends to be, especially in Bentonville, where it's 12% Indian. You go to the hookah lounge, it's mostly Indians in there. So I think, you know... You have to create an environment that's comfortable for everyone. Hookah may not fit with that. It might be like an after-hours deal yeah. on yeah. specific days. Because hookah bars are lit. After this, we can go to Arabica. Hookah bars also <laughs> tend to attract like high school kids. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. saying like adult hookah. Because I just, I was... There's adult this, hookah. Th- yeah, I love hookah. There's this, I haven't hookahed in a minute. Yeah. There's this place in the flats 
um, like right right by Punchbowl and everything, and it's a bar. But then when I was doing the funny bus, we were rolling by it, mm-hmm. and uh, two like two black girls at hookahs, and I was like, oh shit, there's hookah over here, and you're like, yeah, and I was like having a personal conversation with them on the bus. I'm playing Highwood Al by ACDC. I was like, can I hit your hookah? <laughs> can you, you bring you come it over off here? the bus and start smoking? I did. I took a hit of the hookah. hookah? <laughs> I was like, you ladies are fucking awesome. They're laughing, and I just rolled back, and I was like, I tell everyone I kept playing the music, and I was like, sorry, I just haven't hit a hookah, and also. Six feet away from me now because I just endangered everybody. I was yeah. just, they were laughing, but no, but I I just missed hookah and I was just like, hmm, because I thought to, of that man. place. We've got to. Yeah, hookahs. Have you ever hookahed, Joe? No, never. But I am aware of it. I, I know what you're talking yeah. about, like because people. Much don't, but I had to look cigar. into it when some people that I knew in Akron were going to a hookah bar. Yeah. But it's like tobacco. They put some fruit in it. Has a lot of different flavors. I mean, there's a lot. It of... It doesn't d- taste like tobacco. At no, 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 no. Yeah, no, no. Mm. But yeah, no awesome. I, I've never done it, but I also very much understand that it looks like a bong. Right. Yeah. Quite frankly, <laughs> if someone brought the bong out, I'd be much more inclined to be like. What's you guys that? mind if I park? <laughs> <laughs> Can I get off the funny bus? You guys care if I sit down for a have little bit? Have you done bit? the funny bus yet? Like oh, yeah. You, is it a good time? It's a great time. I tried to get you. Yeah, I, I was really late on I didn't know how to it's see the right. tickets. We might do it this weekend if you have it. I'm on Friday. Okay. Yeah, I... Uh, Not I, Saturday, Friday. It was. It's the fastest 90 minutes, and I kind of say that like it was a bummer. I was bummed when it was done. We mm-hmm. were having a really... Everyone on the bus has a really, really good time. What's the most popular attraction you see? I do like the when statues? we go to... No, yeah. it's, 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 you know what it is? It's Tremont. It's Tremont what? because I don't think the first time it went don't through... Don't spoil it. Never mind, okay. okay. But I, I don't want... It it's the way that Brian... <laughs> it, I mean, I'm not going to do one that, that Brian's not doing, but mm-hmm. it's the way that Brian did it. Everyone was just having like a lot of fun. Okay. So I had a fun day that you're on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could go see Julia. Julia's funny, but... I mean... Julia... She's Julia, a comic? Yeah. Okay. Marie, Julia Mary. Mary. Yeah. But yeah. she adds a little bit more of a spectrum on the um, tour. Yeah, but I, not I a bad thing. I wouldn't do one. I would only go and see. Brian. I'm more a little bit more like, you know, kind of. I've been doing stand up. You know, like yeah. you have to have like you know just doing even doing like the, the doing your script and everything. Mm-hmm. Like you got to be calculated in some capacity, right? Right. right. So I try to be calculated, not like a net negative or like you're I'm very, too smart. You're way. very good off the cuff. Too. But yeah, I try to be witty and calculate. Like I, I like I have some. I have set i have my opener and my closer mm-hmm. right and i have the middle filled and i like throwing my wit in there it's not my stand-up but you know what i mean right, like right, you, I how like how much have you learned from doing stand-up that you, like you learned something from stand-up and yeah. you applied it to real life and you're like i might be i might be a better person doing stand-up because i know a little bit more i'm more educated about something because i, I learned more about people doing stand-up for yeah. sure sure like reactions, just like yeah. when someone's really not feeling you, right? Or when someone's like, "Oh, I really that person's a good person. Like they they, they really enjoy my company." <laughs> yeah, you learn a lot. You learn a lot from all of this shit, man. Yeah, just life. You just learn a lot from life. Well, you're living life right now, super hard. Something like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something like this it. is a lot, man. I I know it's a lot, man. And and I know you're kind of getting burnt. You feel burnt, but. I think it's. I think you're going to get done with a lot of the stuff. And it's going to be completely worth it, man. It's yeah. It's it's what it is. Is I'm uh, Brian's probably right. I'll probably should take that one day off and go blow off some steam and watch Coldplay. You should. I might, hey, you I should, might just man. do it. Just literally. Depending on the day, I'll roll with you. All right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Chicago is. Exp- those tickets are expensive too. How much yeah. are they? Down that I'm in. One sixty-five for the floor. Actually, I can go another year. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was hoping for the top to sneak to the floor. Yeah. He's I mean, like, maybe we go see insert local band here. Yeah. I mean, I've done that before at Coldplay shows. I've sat in the very back and then ended up in the front row. I just walk with confidence. That's Coldplay, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so let's see. So I want to make sure. So you have like. I want to make sure you send us like any posters or anything that we can kind of blast out there for yeah, the so show. Yeah, so I'll post the, the sign-up for the tickets. I haven't even built it out yet, but it will be on rajdoescomedy.com. Okay. Um, that's just my website. It's rajdoescomedy.com. And all I really need is an email and a phone. We'll call you the day before the show just to make sure you're still in. Okay, good. Yeah. All right, then I'll... I'm going to probably, gra- probably grab your friends' emails and phones. I, well, I have most of them, yeah, too. Okay. But uh, now that I know that, as yeah. I'm kind of collecting over the next week or so. Yeah. Because I do. I, I want to get – I'd like to get a nice group of, like, 20. We can go get as many have as some drinks, want. have some food beforehand, go enjoy the show, and have some fun, man. Bring this Andre. Is, this is – I should text Andre. He might Andre be free. He's going to be downtown. Andre not. Mm-hmm. He's buddies. He knows Bill. Yeah. Right? He actually might. Well, it would depend on the schedule. They're in season, though. That's yeah. the only problem. Uh, I mean, he works like if, six days a week have, when they're in season. If it's like a daily home game, yeah. But he, he also is kind of one of those guys that after work he likes to spend with his family. I'll check on him. But, yeah, uh, but fucking who cares happy about man, baseball? <laughs> Not America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally the only country. Hey, outside yeah, te- of like, te- technically he did. You guys use... are the world champions of sports. Only you play. Yeah. He he might have to come because technically he worked for the Indians. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Well, they're guardians now. Yeah. <laughs> He's part of both. I've already got two guardian shirts and a guardian's hat. I'm on board. I really like, I'm liking the logo, like the the little, the, the G baseball more and more every time I see it. Really? I do like it's it. It's on you? Uh, yeah, I, I, like do, I don't, I, I prefer the G old the C, wings? but I do like the baseball with the little wing. I was like, that's fucking dope. Like, you get it like a. I was just so glad it wasn't the fucking spiders, man. I, I didn't mind the spiders. Oh, I thought it we could have be been terrible. called the shit lickers and I'd still buy that jersey. I don't care. What was the one that Aaron Seacrest is suggesting? Buzzards? Yeah, yeah him and I think Bill was about yeah, that too. Yeah, which it made sense, you know, because MMS. I, mean, I didn't push for it oh, too much. Who though? was saying we should be the Cleveland Rocks? <laughs> like Drew Carey. <laughs> we're just a Drew pet, Carey's our mascot. We're just a pet rock too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Cleveland Rocks. That sounds like First a WNBA team. People just gets a it's rock. That the, was our Cleveland. That was the the, the rockers. Team. They were the rockers. <laughs> yeah, we can't believe that didn't that's work out. That's the Drew Carey show tagline. Yeah. Have you yeah. been to that bar by the way? You know that bar on the outside, like mm-hmm. when they zoom. You know, on sitcoms where they zoom out on the place, like on the like on, on the Drew street Carey and everything. Show? Yeah, there's a bar in Old Brooklyn. That's like probably like 12, 15 minutes away from here. That's what the bar was. Yeah, there's the bar. Well, they didn't film it in the bar, but they just took the outlet. They out They shot the, bar. the Drew Carey show here. Uh, no, they shot like the, the all the scenes, of, like yeah. all the views of the city before I think pieces of it, like the intro. I think like pieces yeah, like of they it was, like yeah. they filmed oh, yeah. the intro See, on that's Euclid. The, I that's think that's the kind of thing. Like the Drew Drew Carey came out of here. Drew Carey's show mm-hmm. is based in Cleveland, right? Like, I mean, yeah. that's pretty amazing. Yeah, of course. Yeah, seriously. Steve Harvey got big in fucking Steve Cleveland. Steve Harvey's blown up. Steve Harvey and Drew Carey are, I mean, obviously, they might be the biggest comics. From, I can't they think of another are. one. And guess what? They both played the funny stop in Cuyahoga Falls. No <laughs> shit. I think at least Steve Harvey did. I don't know if Drew Carey did. I and they both they both used to tour the funny bus too. I think I might really? have really no <laughs> just open last bus. year. <laughs> yeah, they both like started there. So all right, so I'll get all the the, the information for that. So again, so uh, well. I'll post all of it out sure. too. So, June third, 150 capacity. It's at seven o'clock. It's a Friday. The Westfield Seven Theater. is when drinks are. Okay, when drinks are. And we want everyone loaded in, and 
at least up there. We'll be so loaded. So when it's time to migrate down, we're not having people walk into the middle of the taping. Sure. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Well, yeah. Everyone's seated like, like but you want everyone to sit down and be comfortable. And then 15 yeah. minutes we'll later, you're like, all right, like we're going to do five minutes. Five, so you're probably five, saying get there at seven is probably good because yeah, you, you have, have about some drinks. Minutes of drinks. And then that way everyone, and, and, and I've been telling everybody too, like it's, mm-hmm. it's a live taping. Yeah. So if people understand that, I think they'll get that. Okay. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, that's, I'll probably this put is, some verbiage on the website, like, "Hey, this sure. is the time. These are the cutoff times." And yeah, this is exciting, man. I'm really, yeah. I'm excited for you guys. This yeah. is going to be a lot of fun. fun. You know, I'm, I'm, cool. I'm not worried about the content. You guys are very, very funny guys. You always have been. So I'm, I'm just, I just, I love the idea that this whole thing, just this, it's happening. All of it. It's just awesome. Yeah. It's really. I've been really working cool. on new jokes specifically for this. Really? Yeah. Damn. They're all the British accent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my friend Carl's gonna show okay, up. Okay, mate. <laughs> it's gonna be wonderful, mate. What's the thing with tits? Yeah. <laughs> Anyone have a Snickers bar or Maltesers? Oh Thank you, God. I'm Brian. You got any Maltesers? <laughs> I want a malt. You look like you're about to steal a Dalmatian from an old lady. <laughs> and, and I did a better like. When you look nasty, it's gonna come out, mate. I did like you know what British you people. Australian? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> ACDC rocks. <laughs> <coughs> oh, cool Anyway, we got two weeks. You'll, you'll yeah, figure it yeah, out. we. Yeah, no, I know <laughs> we got the fucking jokes. <laughs> yeah, no, my whole joke is just me talking about Maltesers for six minutes. That's actually you, you ruined it. Just naming dogs that you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, well, there's the terrier. Yeah, there's the terrier. <laughs> and it's a little hairy one. <laughs> They're all hairy. God. Cool. Well, all right, so we got. Yeah. Start. I, I'm. I'm excited for you, man. This is really cool. I'm glad that you were yeah. able to. To, to, to come in and go through all this no, stuff, thank man. You guys Again, for you got me. a lot of stuff coming up, but a lot of good stuff, man. We're super psyched for you. No, yeah, thank you. Brian, what you got coming up? Uh, Funny Boss, go to funnybuss.com slash Cleveland. Uh, Secret Society Comedy every Saturday. Uh, Secret Society Comedy.com or also go to Eventbrite, shows up. Um, have been doing those shows. And I'm just, my Instagram and Twitter when I'm doing other shows is uh, the Brian Sternick. So. I've been the really working only, on it. The one and only Brian Sterling. Yeah, not the, you know. Yeah, there's one of you. Yeah, that's there's it. another one with an eye. He can go fuck himself. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it, man. Again, well, thanks for coming. Well, Raj needs to throw his plugs out, too. No, I did. Did yeah. I not? What about your social media? Uh, it's just, yes, Raj does comedy on everything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We were there. That's, that, okay. I mean, he's the guest. We've been talking about his shows for like, yeah. like an hour. Took, <laughs> I love how it took us 20 minutes to say his name. Yeah. <laughs> it was so ah, no, that always, Whenever it's a comic, it's always way harder to actually get the introduction in because we just start going right yeah, away. As soon wait. as it was Johnny. Just, yeah. yeah. As soon as I heard Johnny Depp, I'm like, we might not say his name. Yeah, we might forget about the <laughs> fucking pilot. Forget me entirely. Yeah, <laughs> couldn't do Johnny. it. Couldn't do it even if we tried. Pirates right. of the Caribbean. <laughs> Thanks, bud. Thank you. Hell yeah.